Sex, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the speculative interdimensional vehicle, Sex in Space. Its mission, to explore new points of view, to seek out fresh opinions, to boldly go where so many have gone before, and still somehow manage to totally miss the point. Subscribe to Sex in Space, wherever quality podcasts are found. Hi there, I'm Toshi and welcome back to Sex in Space. We're here continuing to explore sex across all of its infinite dimensions. I hope everyone out there is doing well. Whether you're a newcomer to our podcast or you're a more seasoned explorer in our cosmic adventures, we're delighted to have you with us. If you're tuning in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any other platform, we sincerely thank you for joining us. Don't forget to show your support by liking, rating and subscribing. And you can also find more great Sex and Space content over on TikTok and Instagram. Just search for us using our handle at sexandspace.com. That's sexandspace, D-O-T-C-O-M. We always love hearing from our listeners and engaging with our community and your feedback means the world to us. We're all on this journey together. So please feel free to reach out in any way you like. Now let's get into an incredible interview. I was lucky enough to sit down with Nocturnus, who is a performance artist, special effects model, stripper and a burlesque performer who spent more than 10 years in the adult entertainment industry. She has a day job as a body piercer and she also runs Libra Moon Stagewear, sewing clothes for strippers and burlesque performers. Nocturnus is also the founder of Nocturne Sanctum, in which she directs and produces avant-garde events, including Concept Stage Spot. So let's get into it. So welcome, Nocturnus. Thank you. Thanks for It's so great to have you. Um, so I thought I would start with Concept Stage Spot, which is where I met you. And so for the people listening to the podcast who haven't heard of it before do you think you could sort of explain what it is yeah concept stage spot is for lack of a better word variety show I don't really like the term variety show but it's a variety show for strippers and sex workers Mm. um, entirely run and performed by strippers and sex workers and it's a space where we can show the general public that we're not just wind-up dolls that appear when you walk into the club um we do exist Mm. outside of our work yeah and we exist within the arts outside of our work that's the main thing okay yeah and what was the inspiration behind putting the show together oh this is kind of like a long story (laughs) but I'll try and do the short version so um inspiration for shows in general comes from like my childhood but for this show in particular I had moved to London in like 2016 or 2017 I can't remember and I really wanted to be in this um this cabaret abstract show that they have running there and I was in talks with someone via email um lining up to come and see what it was about and maybe get a performance spot and then um, a few emails and they asked well what are you doing for work now and I've never had to hide the fact that I'm a stripper I've got a really supportive family and friend network and so I was just like oh I'm working at the strip club and I just got fully ghosted and I was like okay cool wow. cool that's cool so you don't want me now because I'm a stripper I, I'd never even thought of that because in my inner circle there's no taboo about it I've never like I said I've never had to hide it so I was talking to one of the other girls that I've made friends with at the club and um, she was like, oh, no, you don't tell them that you're a dancer because they just won't hire you. 
Do you find that being so open and comfortable that makes sometimes people feel more comfortable because you're so fine about it? I think if you're weird about it, other people are weird about yeah. it. Like if people are like, what do you do for what do you do for a job? And I found like if I'm trying to pussyfoot around it and I'm like, oh, um, oh I'm actually um, a stripper. That's when people get awkward. But if mm. I'm just like, oh, I'm a stripper, then people are like, oh, cool. Like that's the usual response is cool. Yeah. But at the moment it's kind of been glorified anyway, like with the rise of social media and OnlyFans and it's really accessible for anyone to jump on OnlyFans and stuff. Mm. The the stripping industry has become glorified and there's a whole history of stripping behind it that has been overlooked by, uh, how, how do I say what I'm explaining? Like right now it's kind of cool to be a stripper and everyone, you know, like um, people are dressing up as strippers on TV and people are wearing our shoes and our clothing. Like you go onto Sheen or Shine or whatever it's called mm. and half of everything on there is based off stripper clothing. And um, so we are in a, we are in an era of people thinking what we do is cool but they don't have to suffer the hardships that we've had to suffer. Because I've been stripping for uh, 12 years now, right. and it's not always been, like, easy. Like, mm. when I first started, obviously, there was a little bit of taboo and protecting myself around it, but, like, I'm 35, so I don't really give a fuck who knows what I do. <laughs> That's <is laughs> <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> Coming back to Concept Stage Spot, I wanted to ask what kind of acts that people can see like when they come to the show oh my gosh it's such a mixed bag that's why I end up using the word variety <laughs> I'll give you some examples of what we had this year I know you went to the show but maybe the listeners don't know so um we have maybe sort of what you would expect from a strip club so maybe like a sexy pole dancer or something like that um we had this year and last year Lexi Liquid who's just amazing she's just an amazing pole dancer um so you you can see sort of strip club acts within the show but outside of that we have uh vixen temple who d does just everything she's amazing um but stand up a uh, spoken word um recorded spoken word and then doing um you know movement within that mm. poetry spoken word um uh, burlesque um drag um so this year I collaborated with uh, someone called um, Alan from Mind Funk Visuals and he is a projection, he does heaps of stuff, I can't even put into words what he does but yeah. he, he, he does amazing stuff with um, visuals and projectors and stuff and we collaborated on a piece where he actually had an EEG unit on my head which was synced up to his laptop which was synced up to visuals which were then displaying on the background um yeah so just anything you can see anything yeah. every year is different but what happens is I put out applications to the industry and people apply with whatever they want to do and okay. they can do anything there are no limits to what people can do on stage as long as they're not hurting others obviously mm. um and from those applications I pick what is going to make a cool show like what's okay. going to be a little bit of everything mm. I mean this year we had someone um, dressed as Jesus setting their pussy on fire so you know like it's fun <laughs> that was that was like incredible to see we were like oh my god and unexpected too eh? yeah. like, totally unexpected yeah yeah it was really cool <laughs> what kind of feedback do you get from people when they come to see the show mostly good I don't know if anyone's ever said bad feedback to my face I'm sure it's probably out there somewhere <laughs> but hey like any publicity is good publicity right mm. someone if someone's offended by someone setting their pussy on fire then <laughs> like that's 
them. Like, you don't want to be entertained? Cool. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> um, no, I've never had any, any bad feedback to my face, only good stuff. Um, it's really weird because I quite often don't receive the feedback because I get quite, like, nervous. Um, and... When all the performers go out afterwards to see their friends and family, and I kind of like wait backstage for a minute, like I don't want to go out and be like, "Hey, I'm the producer. Like I'm here waiting for my compliments." So I kind of like wait back a bit and then go out after people have sifted out. And the main compliments that the show gets is like, "Thank you, mm. like thank you for doing this because it's a space that." like we need and it's not just from people within the industry that's from people that haven't seen stripping before or sex work before and they're like wow this has really opened my eyes so mm. thank you for showing us what you guys can do yeah yeah what do you enjoy most about putting them on um with concept stage spot in particular um it's a space where the performers can do whatever they want like i open up as a performer you sort of create your your acts or whatever I mean there's different areas and different side of performance but usually within like burlesque or solo acts you kind of create your act and apply it to shows and hope that they take your act okay. um, so with performers to come to me with an act that they've been wanting to do most of the concept stage spot performers have never performed on a stage before they've only performed within the strip club mm. so they're like bursting with ideas um, what I really like is when people send in their application and then from there they come to me and say, well, what if I did this or do you have any ideas for this? And we sort of end up um, sort of melding together so that they can get the best out of their stage time. Mm. So I don't ever tell them what to do on stage. Like all the acts that you saw that night was of their own creations. Okay. Um, all I'm there for is to create like a safe space for them to do that or if I have any input that might help their act or I mean some of some of the performers just went and did what they wanted to do and mm. others talked to me and we workshopped them. Okay. But I like I like making that space for people to come and workshop their stuff. That's cool. Yeah. It's quite like collaborative. What's the one of the biggest things that you've learned in the two years at you've been putting it on so much I don't even know how to explain like <laughs> yeah. because everything I've done is self-taught like I never went to art school I never did any performance art or theater uh, theater school I did theater as a as a in my early 20s and mm. as a teen I did theater but I was never taught it was just I was in a theater group yeah. um, or I've danced since I was a kid and I've been a dance teacher mm. um, I've taught dance and I've taught stripping um, so the more I work with people to put on these shows, the more I'm learning how to just fine-tune everything and also work with people because um, part of what I do as a solo performance artist is I want to be um, branching into mentoring. So every time I do a concept stage spot and I get to work with these performers on their acts rather than just hiring a fully formed act, mm. it's, it's teaching me how to go forth and... Um, uh, expand on what people's ideas are in mm. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe actually we could move to your personal performance work now. Mm. Yeah. And for anyone listening who doesn't know what burlesque is, do you think that you could explain what it is? Yeah. So to be completely honest, I'm probably not the best person to give like a background on burlesque because um, I never studied burlesque. I came into burlesque as a place to want to do performance art okay. um, but to give you my brief understanding of burlesque is um, parody um, stripping 
um, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 come through history as um, I guess women being on stage and entertaining um, with the stripping element, but putting their uh, yeah like ideas into it mm. or um, their. Yeah, they, okay. they just get to express. I mean, yeah, I'm not really the best person to explain. Um, but I, from what I understand, burlesque was the early days of stripping. Like stripping evolved from burlesque rather than the other way around. Okay. I could be I could be totally wrong. But the reason I don't know heaps about it, and I probably should do some more research, um, is because when I started my journey as a solo performance artist, I was doing something that I was I didn't even really think it was burlesque okay. and I didn't really know where I fit in because I was applying to be in these shows and I was getting picked up by drag shows I was getting picked up by burlesque shows and um, fetish events okay. and I just said oh I'm a performance artist and then um, the burlesque community were like you're a burlesque artist <laughs> like come come and join us yeah. and I was like oh am I burlesque I didn't know I was burlesque because I, you know, I, my idea of burlesque was like super glitz and glamour and at the time I had just left the stripping industry and I was going so far away from being conventionally beautiful, I was doing gore on stage and and that's why I thought I wasn't burlesque but yeah, they were like, you are, you're just, <laughs> we're all weirdos, come with us, so that was cool, yeah. And how do people respond to that, that specific, like, like gore kind of horror effects that you do? Um, it's really interesting because, uh, the people that like it really, really like it mm. and really appreciate what I've done with it. Um, and then there are other people that like what I do and follow what I do, but then I do a glam, um, act mm. and they'll be like, oh, I really love that. I love that more than your other stuff. So I think horror fans or people who are really into like, that sort of stuff really love it but I think yeah it's hard it's a it's interesting yeah and where does the inspiration for that come from um somewhere inside <laughs> um lots of the inspiration for my gore or my um cathartic stuff I guess you could say um comes from like dreams I've had personal experiences I've had that I've turned into characters or art um this might sound really weird to some people, but um, confrontations I've had with entities, because okay. I believe in like a, a, a realm that we can't perceive, um, and taking inspiration from um, deities um, and from my practice as well, so I... Uh, lack of a better word, like spirituality, everyone uses that word now, but like... Um, just taking aspects out of my own beliefs mm. as well. My first act that I ever appeared as, as Nocturnus, as the artist I am now, that particular act, I appeared in a bathtub of blood. And yeah, oh. it wasn't real blood. Yeah. Um, but that particular act was inspired by Elizabeth Bathory, um, who is a countess um, back in, oh my goodness, come and do a podcast and don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, Elizabeth Bathory basically yeah. in history was a countess who uh, was believed that she would remain youthful if she bathed in the virgin blood. So she murdered a lot of um, young women 
and wow. this is like a true this is like a real thing wow yeah so it, sometimes when people hear that they're like why does that inspire you and I'm like I, I don't idolize it and I don't glorify no, yeah, it yeah. but I guess it looks like I'm glorifying it because I'm then performing it on stage in a glorified manner but I'm not saying I think that's a good thing to do <laughs> it's just that when you hear of stuff like that that happen in real life you just for me I can't understand why would someone do that so then my brain's like why would she do that why would she do that and then my brain starts to go well maybe she did it because of this or maybe she did it because of this and then it's like I want to explore the nature of her mentality I don't want to glorify what she did mm. if that sort of makes sense mm. but I guess as a byproduct you're accidentally glorifying it but that's not the intention mm. and that's the one thing that I always have to say to people my intention is never to glorify any anything horrible it's really hard as an artist to try and express something but you're sort of walking on eggshells at the same time because you don't want to be seen as doing xyz i don't want to be seen as glorifying such and such and and you then end up in the space where it's like well how come an artist can paint this horrible picture or a movie director can direct this horror film but I can't stand up on stage and rip my nipples off mm. because it's offensive to tear off your nipples because it's offensive to I understand I do understand but at the same time it's like well then you need to cancel all these movies and you need to cancel all these artists you can't just cancel people that are closest to you because mm. they're easy to cancel and you want to have a go at someone yeah do you know what I mean yeah. and I find it really it's really hard for artists at the moment, especially artists who are pushing boundaries like Vixen and mm. myself and a few others. So you much of my stuff gets taken down. So much of it. Yeah. But um, nothing compared to... I, I talk about Vixen a lot. She's my mate. <laughs> We're buddies. <laughs> um, but she really struggles with it a lot because she, because when you're targeted once, you just keep getting targeted. Mm. Whereas I've slid under the radar a little bit because I'm quite careful what I do post. Okay. So most of my best work isn't even on social media I'm in the I'm in the works of creating a website but it's a lot so it's a lot of work it's so much work oh my god (laughs) shit's hard when you're (laughs) self-employed but no I've got I've got friends who are just amazing and Mm. you know you keep your circle around you of people who don't want to bring you down who want to bring you up and I work with a few like just amazing people um, who we just kind of help each other like I'll do something for them they do something for me like a give and take just yeah, like you totally. know yeah, yeah. which is just what I mean th- friendship yeah is, exactly really, that know? is what friendship is and yeah, yeah just amazing artists who want to inspire each other my little pony friendship is magic <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that but I'm obsessed with that because in my little pony they <laughs> I'm going to go on a rant about My Little Pony now. But I'm obsessed with it because they're they're in this circle of their friends group and and they all come together to make, like, big magic. And that's how I view my life. Like, I have Nocturne Sanctum, and yes, I am the owner of the company, but everyone in that, we come together in this big pentagram (laughs) to make the magic. And you you can't do it without people around you. There is not one person who can claim that they have got to where they are without the help of others. You just can't. Mm. So, yeah, that's what I always think about. It's like My Little Pony, friendship is magic. Like, it actually is. (laughs) I like that little slogan, friendship is magic. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sitting here like so goth and all my black, but I love My Little Pony. (laughs) (laughs) We love, you know, duality. Yeah. both you know do both Mm -hmm. you were saying that your friends and family are quite supportive of the work that you do I just think that I'm very lucky to come from a stable family um my mum and dad are just really amazing I can't say that like my dad loves the idea 
but like I'm his daughter and he's not gonna kick me to the curb because I'm doing something he doesn't like mm -hmm. like I remember when I told my mum and then my mum told my dad and then my dad was like so uh, I heard you're dancing and I was like yeah dad and he was like oh you can tell your grandma and I was like okay <laughs> and then we just started talking about something else yeah. and now we're in a, you know 12 years on <clears throat> whenever I go home to Hawke's Bay where I'm from um, quite often I stop and dance at you know different um, cities on the way down just to break up the trip um, and he'll be like oh did you work on the way down and I'll be like yep and he'll be like cool how'd it go and I'll be like good dad thanks for asking like you know yeah. so uh, I don't know if it's just in their genetic makeup that they're cool parents or I don't know if it's just that yeah I don't know they're just amazing I'm really lucky and I recognize the privilege I have with that because not everybody has that mm. Yeah, it's really lovely to have people who are so supporting and so loving, and yeah. and want to hear about the work that you're doing and yeah. so, like support you yeah. so much. But yeah. like my nana, she like shares like photos from my performance. Like my nana shared like one of my horror posts and I'm in just like this crazy outfit and she's like this is my granddaughter and I'm like fuck oh. you Nana like you're the best <laughs> you like, on Instagram? Uh, Facebook. Oh, Facebook yeah yeah yeah. So <laughs> yeah oh that's and, uh, so cute and I've seen it and it was like my heart yeah. like yeah so yeah people just happy that I'm living my dream yeah and yeah how can you not be happy for someone that's exactly. doing what they want to do what do you love most about about your job and what you do um well just getting to create I just I think some people are meant to create and some people don't, you know, some people don't really get art and they don't mm. have art in their home and they don't, you know, but I think if I couldn't create, I'd just go crazy. But yeah, I love yeah. it. I love, I love working with people. It's so weird because I have like social anxiety, but working with people also brings me so much joy because I like seeing other people succeed. Mm. It makes me really fucking happy sitting back and watching someone on stage having the best time and they come off stage and they're buzzing and they're like oh my god that was so cool and I'm like yes bitch you killed it like that makes me fucking so happy <laughs> so how do you feel when you're emceeing an event you know like dealing with social anxiety but also you're like in front of all these people <laughs> I am not an MC, but the, the idea of concept stage spot is that people can get up on stage and do and art they don't get to do within the strip club or within the brothel or whatever form of sex work that they're doing. Mm. So I'm thinking, well, I usually get on stage and perform with my body, whether it be stripping, burlesque or some other style of art. Um, I also do creature modelling as well. I actually have five different lines of work, so I have five jobs. And it's so funny going to my accountant and I open up my laptop and I've just got like pages in Excel of different all my different jobs to get by. Yeah. But that's just how it is as an artist. You just have to have so many different things. So yeah, was, I've got like yeah tentacles everywhere. And so what what are the five? The five things. Yeah. Um, so Nocturnus is my solo performance art. Um, Nocturne Sanctum is the company. Um, my stripping is my stripping, <laughs> um, and then my day job is a body piercer. Um, that's that, and then oh, Libra Moon Stagewear. I make stripper clothes and burlesque clothes as well. Cool. Um, so yeah, Libra Moon Stagewear is also on Instagram. So I I sew costumes wow yeah everything takes a hit sometimes like sometimes when my performance work isn't popping off I'll be hard out on Libra Moon and then when my performance work is not doing anything I won't sew for like six months so it mm. just flips and yeah what advice would you give to people starting out 
in the industry, whether that be stripping or burlesque or sex work, what advice would you give to someone? Getting into the industry, I think the best thing, with, with stripping you can just like contact a club mm. um, and then a house mum or a manager will kind of show you through the ropes. Um, within burlesque or being on stage performance art wise, um, the best thing you can do is just create a sort of idea of at least one performance in your mind. You need to have one performance that you can pitch to people. So I would say follow everything you can on social media, like follow any companies you know that do shows, um, and then slide into DMs, slide in always, um, but look out for casting calls too, because as a beginner, sliding into DMs isn't always going to work, because quite often producers are handpicking out of established professionals or whatever um, looking out for casting calls mm. is the best thing because that when someone's doing a casting call they're quite happy to take on beginners usually okay yeah follow my socials I put out casting calls for concept stage spot every year <laughs> from now on <laughs> Nocturne Sanctum is the company wherein I do um, concept stage spot and some other events which I'd love to tell you about plug um, and that is at Nocturne underscore sanctum on instagram and my handle for my performance art is at underscore nocturnus underscore how did you come up with how did you decide on that on that performance name i just wanted a name that encompassed what inspired me and i was inspired by nocturnal things i guess like things that people consider dark i mean everyone thinks something else is dark has their own idea of dark but mm. When you think of dark, you think of night, and you think of nocturnal. And then I wanted to have like something that represented me as like a highly feminine being. So like um, countess, mistress, mm. princess, anything with that S ending to me was like quite highly feminine. So nocturnus made sense to me. But yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you maybe want to speak a bit about the upcoming shows and events that are happening and people, if they're local, then they can support you? Yes, absolutely. I would love to. So the big event that started Nocturne Sanctum is the Devil's Ballroom. The Devil's Ballroom is a social event. So it's like a big party. Um, there are shows. The, the thing that makes the Devil's Ballroom different to like any other nightclub event with DJs and stuff is that we have performers stage performers as well so if you've been to like a rave or whatever before they might have like a glow poi performer or a, you know just a bit of go-go dancing or something like that um which i've i got inspired by this sort of stuff when i lived in london um so the devil's ballroom is a social event like such mm. but there are full-blown stage shows slotted throughout the night so like big big name acts within performance art and burlesque um circus um and there's six, there's six big main stage acts throughout the night. And then we've also got a dominatrix who's on like a mini stage um, doing like presentations throughout the night. And you can be involved in that. It's like interactive. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so there, yeah, that. And then um, someone who's doing like um, gentle body shocks, like with um, mm. electronic devices. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm not the best at explaining it either, but he's really great at what he does. Um, and sometimes we have artists displaying their work um, at the venue as well. We have go-go dancers, DJs. Yeah, so it's just kind of like a big nocturnal ball um, that's really fun. So that is on the 6th of October. Okay. And it's at the Tuning Fork. But follow Nocturne Sanctum for the details. Um, 
the tickets haven't gone on sale yet. Okay. Um, and then other events we have coming up later in the year. Oh, I don't want to say too much about this one, wanna, but I do want to plug it. <laughs> but if you're a nerd and you like Lord of the Rings, there is going to be a Lord of the Rings really silly kind of like variety show, burlesque, stripping, circus but Lord of the Rings themes. I'm a fucking Lord of the Rings nerd, so that's going to be uh, November the 31st, I believe. Again, follow follow, follow my socials for that. Um, <clears throat> and then we have the Angels Ballroom, which will be happening next year. Um, so this is only going to be the second installment of the Angels Ballroom, but that is like the Devil's Ballroom, but opposite. So ah. it's like the same thing, like a big party and stuff, but instead of dominatrix and stuff, we have um, like glow glow candle wax artists. So I don't know if, it, it, I guess it's kind of like a fetish thing, but um, candle wax dripping on the skin. Oh yeah, I've heard like, about that. Yeah, with like UV candles. So it's it's kind of like the flip side of the Devil's Ballroom, but it's still definitely alternative. Yeah. Um, and then Burlesque Noir is a burlesque competition for burlesque performers who want to do the uh, abstract side of what they do because in burlesque as a professional we quite often, like our main gigs, we're trying to appeal to uh, corporate, you know, we're always doing the glitz and glam stuff so Burlesque Noir is so that performers can come and do the weird stuff. Club Burlesque is something that happens um, every Friday night mm. um, in Auckland on K Road at Las Vegas Club, which used to be a strip club. It's got a lot of history in it. Um, so I'm lucky enough to have a regular gig, which as an artist, especially in times of recession, is really it's quite unheard of. So I'm so grateful to have this regular gig every Friday night for a whole mm. season, and the season finishes in September. So if you want to see some glamorous burlesque, come to Club Burlesque, and you can just Google www.clubburlesque.co.nz awesome. um, but you're having a regular gig as an yeah. artist is just so special right now <laughs> any kind of freelance um, performance art is hard at the moment but mm. um, as a burlesque artist it's it's hard to have regular gigs because mm. most of the shows that we're in are run by other burlesque artists it's not very often there's like a sort of corporate vibe event that's coming along weekly okay yeah yeah, yeah. how can people support you and support performance artists and what you guys are doing right now what are the best ways they can totally so if people aren't in a position to buy tickets to come to our shows the best thing people can do is share our social medias like I, I think some people are probably a bit scared to share our social medias but um sharing like anything we post tagging us um or if people have been to shows and they've got photos tag us in photos just tag us up we're tagging slots like yeah even I think the algorithm now is programmed so that if you sh if you save our posts, so if you see a post and you think that's cool, save it because that's where the algorithm's at at the moment. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, if you can't, if you don't have the money to come along to shows, but what I like to do is I like to try and make my shows accessible within reason because obviously I still have to pay everyone and mm. stuff but you have the, your seated tickets up the front and then you have your mid seats but I've also made standing tickets accessible at a way lower price so that people who might not have the money to come and sit and you know pay a big money there's like $20 whatever tickets to stand and I, yeah okay you're standing but it's still a way to you know make the tickets accessible to yeah. people who maybe don't have $50 for a seated ticket or... yeah to anyone listening go and support a show all of the shows buy some tickets I just want to wrap up by saying thank you so much for joining us on the podcast at Sex and Space it's been lovely to have you and to speak with you check Nocturnus out on um, Instagram Nocturne Sanctum as well get out there and go to a show because um, as someone who's been to one I can tell you that it was phenomenal 
think you will enjoy it. So thank you. We really hope you enjoy listening to this episode. If you want to find Nocturnus, you can check her out on Instagram at at underscore Nocturnus underscore. Before we sign off, we want to remind you to check out our book available at sexandspace.com forward slash book or simply search for The Organ Education Forgot on Amazon. We also have a downloadable PDF version available for The Shire Amongst Us, which is eight New Zealand dollars, and you can find that on our website too. Don't forget to leave a like, follow, comment or review wherever you're tuning in from. Your support means the world to us. Until next time, safe travels and see you on the next episode.